Did Audi really purchase McLaren? Let's talk right now on the Automotive News. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is our shorts for the automotive news. This is where we talk about some of the things that are going down in the automotive world right now. Uh, and that's the thing is, is right now there's a big thing going around that Audi purchased McLaren. Uh, so we're going to discuss that real quick because I think we need to definitely put a little light on that. But first, obviously make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell icon. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me, we will do on a driving video for the Porsche 944. Uh, to show off the turbo, and that's something that's definitely in the works. Uh, unfortunately, in all the things that we fixed on the car from the last time out, we actually forgot to do the fuel filter. And there's some other things that are associated with fuel lines that are associated with the 944. Uh, and that's going to be something that's part of the video. So we trucked it out to get it fixed, and now guess what? We're going to be trucking it back out just so it'll get fixed again because it's not running. So you're going to have to wait a little bit before we get that 944 feature. It's going to be good practice to really show off uh, a car that I actually own. So, and part of that process of, you know, getting the car fixed and, you know, the pitfalls of owning a car like that with a lot of people will say, you know, hey, you can own an affordable Porsche. Uh, I really purchased the 944 because it's the car that I've loved since 86. Uh, but that's something that's uh, important. A lot of people want to get back into those 944 things, and I want to make sure that you know all the details before you move forward. But, yeah, that's the big thing right now is, as everybody says, that Audi uh, has bought McLaren and that they're going to be building up their F1 team. Uh, right now, McLaren has issued a statement denying that Audi purchased it. Uh, in that statement, they did discuss collaborations and partnerships, uh, but no, and no ownership change. Uh, that's something that McLaren has been working on for a while. They have had uh, money problems in the past. So, yes, the CEO, Mike Fluitt, did step down. That's after eight years of his uh, tenure at the company. Uh, and they sold their work headquarters in April. I think they got $275 million for that. Uh, but, yeah, they have had some issues in the past. Um, I think the changeover to potential hybrid and electric at first they wanted to go fully electric which obviously wasn't going to work for them uh, and then they moved over to this hybrid model and i think a lot of that is a lot of expenditures that a lot of companies were not prepared for uh, and that's something that's you know they've been drained a little bit of it unfortunately a lot of people were really, really stoked about the idea of having an f1 team um, associated with mclaren and i think that's that would be really exciting stuff and it's something that you know, I don't want to see people rule these things out because there's a potential that this stuff could come about. You just have to pay attention to it. Uh, and that's thing. But right now we're in a, a big time of transition. A lot of stuff is being shaken up in the exotic luxury world. Uh, for instance, Matt Rymack, uh, Mate Rymack, sorry, takes over the CEO of Bugatti Rymack, uh, Stephen Winkleman, which was uh, in charge of Lamborghini before, went over to Bugatti now went back and was put back in charge of Lambo, which in that time they set records. They're dominating automotive social media. They're changing a lot of faces out there. So it's something I think that is a model that I'm pretty sure that these other companies, uh, especially in that little change, because you got to think about it as the Volkswagen, Porsche, Audi, Lamborghini, Bentley, uh, yeah, Bentley and Bugatti. And then, like I said, if this had been McLaren, can you imagine uh, everything together is all under kind of one roof. And 
Bugatti record sales, Lamborghini, second time this year that they've had record sales. This is something that's moving up in the world. So people are paying attention, and I'm sure that partnership and those ideas are are big. I, that thing is, is it? I think we're kind of overdue to hear something from Aston Martin, Lotus, all these companies. Uh, they're going to put something out. You know, keep your eyes open. Like Lotus, uh, Rolls Royce has done something. Range Rover has done something. There's a lot of these companies that I think you want to take the lining for is a little bit overdue, but we'll see. Uh, but for now, like I said, McLaren is completely denied that Audi has any, there's any purchase change that's going on. Some people have actually said that's some sort of cover up or denial or something like that. We'll see how that goes down the road. And if we do, we'll, we'll definitely keep you updated. Uh, next, which I think is really cool news, it's been out a little bit. Mercedes S Class and Maybox will be getting the Atmos Dolby in 2022. Uh, this is actually a really cool sound system. I took a little opportunity to look into it. If you have a chance to look into it, definitely check it out. It is really crazy to think of what these things can do now. So we'll go over it real quick. This is actually listed the Burmester system, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, it's a 4D sound system. It has 31 speakers, uh, including above the center position of the driver, uh, as well as in the front seat. So I'm guessing they're going to have something besides the headrests. Um, this also includes an 18.5 liter subwoofer. So I'm guessing that it's kind of by the system that's going to have the systems up front and there's going to be something in the bottom. One thing that I really like about this that I read up on was called exciters. They're going to have two, ex two exciters that are hidden inside the vehicle. These use the surrounding surfaces as speakers. Uh, so basically, instead of having like a, a, you know, you have the two domes that come out of the speakers, the, there's a little unit attaches to something, and I'm guessing it's going to be the metal, metal substrate of the vehicle, at which point that system uses the vibrations of that substrate itself to actually make the sound. So effectively, the noise is actually coming from the car. Now, I don't think that's a reliable over system. It's not something that you're going to get that's going to be coming from everywhere but the idea of having the regular sound system with something that's kind of vibrating uh and transmitting that sound in different ways that are almost ambiotic so it's something we definitely want to sit down and experience ourselves so we can give you a better idea of what it feels like uh but again we we'll ha might have to wait till 2022 for that there's only one other company that has really taken that and moved ahead with it so but we'll see how that works out it's going to be great 1750 watts of power is going to be very interesting and to see the ambience of it how is it is it loud is it modeled is it something that's going to be you know hearing distracting while you're driving a lot of that stuff goes together to make the experience i mean how do you listen to us when you drive the vehicle you tell us so make sure you put that in the comments <laughs> So yeah, and um, getting this experience, it's it's not going to be cheap for an S five hundred. This is going to the vehicle itself starts at one hundred and ten thousand eight hundred and fifty. The add on alone will be six thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, for you Maybach guys out there, though, you're going to have it in luck because it's standard equipment. The vehicle will be listed though at one hundred and eighty five thousand nine hundred fifty. That'll be the starting price of the vehicle. So that's going to be something you're definitely going to look forward to. I am. I have always been a Maybach fan. I was kind of depressed when the brand itself fell off. Uh, I owned an S600 in the past, so it was something that I really kind of just naturally acclimated to. Uh, and I, like I said, it, I don't know if that was something that was, a lot of people like to blame it on how it was positioned. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed the, the vehicles, the Maybachs that I drove. 
Um, and I just, maybe it was marking, maybe it was something else, but I was really depressed when they went away. And now that they're bringing Maybach back as a Mercedes kind of spinoff brand, if you will, it's kind of just attached. It's sold at Mercedes dealerships, which I think is a good idea, uh, which it was before. Uh, but within bringing that back and bringing that nameplate back, uh, it was it was really exciting for me. And that's the crazy thing is it's a brand that they spent trillions, I think, of dollars. They must have to, to bring this brand back and make it what it was. Uh, and it's something I definitely want to pick up in the future. Maybe that would be, you know, my next big exotic luxury car. Who knows? I Rolls, Bentley, you guys, everybody, it's such a tight, tight team and being top dog. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So we'll see how that works out. The last thing, and this is kind of the opinion piece for today, for time, I think Ferrari has missed a lot of these brands today. Lamborghini is definitely getting into artwork. Uh, They've been doing that for a long time, allowing people to do stuff with their vehicles that makes them artistic uh, and kind of embracing that thought process without really kind of advertising it. Uh, It was a really cool thing that they did. Recently, we posted up um, a post where they, they had some artists that... Uh, did different work on Hurricanes. Uh, obviously, the artist artistry of the Countach itself and the new things that they've done with that. There's a lot of thinking, and you can tell in the thinking of it that they embrace that. Porsche is another brand that has started to really say, you know what, people are taking our car and being creative with it, and that's not a bad thing. It's not that it's uh, destroying the brand itself. It's taking something, hey, you, you know, I'm going to build something and somebody else is going to effectively make it better. These guys, especially with artistry, some of them really don't change the insides of the vehicle itself or destroying them in the way that's, that's bad. A lot of people kind of question stuff like Raw Welt, which I really dig that brand. I think that's really amazing stuff and allows people to express themselves. But um, Porsche has gone back and tried to embrace their old roots with the cars that they have and offering uh, parts and things of that nature so that you can continue to upgrade and uh, make your car fixable, workable, do whatever. Um, And it's something that I see when I buy, obviously 1986 Porsche 944. Uh, Every time I've gone to the store, I've gone to Porsche Westwood. Every time I go there, I can get a part within 24 or 48 hours. I think the most I've waited is like three days, which I think is amazing for a car that was built in 86, and they stopped producing it in a brand 89. Um, obviously, they made other brands for it, but they didn't share a lot of parts over different platforms. That vehicle was definitely upgraded, and that was something big in the 80s. And You'd have one car, and the next car would just parts would not interchange with it. Uh, and that's something we kind of see with the cars, but just the idea of being able to pick up these old parts and do this means that we've been able to take these old cars and and make them something of our own, if you will, uh, and restore them. But being able to take that artistry and be able to go further with it, with especially the older cars, with like Rob Welt, with you know uh, Magnuson, great artists that take these cars and take them to the next level. And it's free advertising for me. I just really think that, you know, you're a Porsche guy, you're a Porsche guy. If you're a Ferrari guy, you're a Ferrari guy. If you're a Lamborghini guy, you're a Lamborghini guy. That's the thing is, is Range Rover and all these other companies, it may not have been something that they really blasted out about. But Bentley and Rolls-Royce have been very good about being able to cater a vehicle to be constructed from the factory the way the person wanted it. So Ferrari for a long time has really not been on board with that. They've been a very straightforward company. It's a company that if you buy a Ferrari, you're going to get it in probably 
black or red. And 90% of the time, I think I've seen them red. A few, very, very few differentiating colors. And I really think it's time that Ferrari gets on board with that. I think it's time for Ferrari to kind of like, you, you get into, see these video games and you see this stuff and you know, you'd say, always oh, see the Lambo, you'd always see the Porsches, you'd always see, you know, these different brands that were big brands, but you'd never see the Ferrari. Uh, that was really, you know, the, the base model. Here's that, you know? Um, and that's the thing is, is they really have kept their cards tight to their chest. And I think that it's time for Ferrari to kind of get away from that and, the other thing is, is that it, let's just start it with the color. Let's just say, uh, I don't want it just a red Ferrari anymore. Let's look at stuff like yellows. And the reason this kind of came up for me, not just with the artistic stuff, because I constantly see stuff, but we were having a discussion where I was like, I want to share something from Ferrari. They just brought out this 296 GTB. Amazing car. I know a lot of people are going to put a little bit of criticism on it. It's a six-cylinder. It's a turbo. It's not loud enough. Yeah, sure, we can have those. Maybe that car's not for you. Maybe that's a car for somebody else. But the performance of the car cannot be denied. The idea that this car is going to be fast and it's going to be exceptional, it, like I said, it's it's something you can't get away from. So the idea of having Ferrari, I mean, the car we looked at, it was red. So... <laughs> I think there comes a point when I was looking at some of this artistic work, I was looking at the new stuff that Ferrari was being cutting edge with, with, with uh, hybrid technology and all this other stuff. And now I look over at um, the other cars and you see all these different colors. And I looked at Ferrari and I'm like, you got the one color. And then somebody sent me over one of the most beautiful green 488s, I think it was, that I'd ever seen. And the color was perfect. And I remember the big thing, the number one car color in our area when it was in Murcielago was the yellow which was something that Ferrari kind of partially adopted and I saw a lot of them in F430s for instance really just popped when they were yellow 360s did a really good job of it but 430s when they went into different models and when they had the Scuderia it, it's just it had that presence to it and I really thought it was something that was great and like I said, this is not new for Lamborghini. Lamborghini, matte black, that was like a huge color for them. You know, you could get them in green. The purple was amazing. Uh, but I don't think I've ever seen a real purple Ferrari. If you guys seen one, you know, tell me about it in the comments below because I'd be excited to see it. But I really think it's time for Ferrari to kind of put this out there and say, you know what, let's start offering the greens. Let's start offering um, the, the purple or, or offering colors that are may splashy, uh, while retaining some of that, I mean, it's not going to break you away from your heritage. So that's the thing is, is I think it's something that they really need to think about. I think as a brand, they've done a really good job. I think all the big, we used to have the big three was used to be the Lamborghini, Ferrari, and Porsche. Uh, those big three right now are really starting to lead the pack again. And I think that's really cool. I'd like to see more from Kona and Pagani, uh, but that's you know the versus three hundred twenty thousand for your two nine six GTB versus you know two point two million I think right now for your Kona Seg or, or Pagani, um, and that's the thing is is it's just a different kind of world a different kind of level if you will, um, but I know that Kona Seg will continue to be cutting edge technologically, but a lot of these brands that are I'm going to say almost mass produced in the exotic luxury world there's an opportunity here and they're really taking that opportunity and they're running with it. So I think that's big, and here's an, here's the thing. You, you guys out there that are looking you know, to put yourself in a position and get very positive with yourselves, the idea is, and I know the world may look a little crazy right now, focus on how to make solutions. 
it's going to be the people that make the solutions for the world right now that are going to be the people that that are going to be the next guys sitting in the seats of those big fast cars and they're going to come out and roll with us you'd be amazed at how many people that i run with that run some of these really great cars that you say hey how did you make your money and you'll notice that they made solutions they made uh heart valves they made um ways to make sure your computer is safe these these things are ideas this is how to get into the the next level so that's something pay attention to it and uh yeah that's the thing is is there's going to be tons of these cars it's going to be another we go right back into that big production thing and now we're going to get it to the point of the cars are going to come in and, and if everything moves to ev uh and there comes a point when gas is gone these cars will be like 9944 right now i i bought it for under eight thousand dollars as a as a turbo i spent little or no money fixing it up i think total right now i probably spent about two thousand dollars i did the right thing when i did it uh but that's the thing is is that car right now i could probably sell it my friend sold his the same one which wasn't as good didn't have is operable uh of a vehicle and he sold his for over 13 14,000. so that's the thing is is these cars you buy a 296 gtb right now it's the beginning of this ev era or excuse me electric hybrid era all this stuff there's going to be vehicles that are really cutting edge and they're going to depending on the changes that move forward these cars could really end up being collectors no matter how many are made uh and even if they're not if 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 they don't catch on and only a few are made it's only going to push the price up so that's been it for the news today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you stuff like this. I always love how these things end up being, I want to get them short, but they end up being really long. And I think we have really good discussions. So if you like what you're seeing, hit the like and subscribe button. If um, Put something in the comments. It really helps us out if you're having some discussion with us. I want to thank all you guys out there that pushed us, especially North End Diner, for doing all the advertising that they did for our videos and, and pushed it out there. We really do appreciate you guys always love going to your events we hope you guys are going to have some events soon that you're going to be inviting us to and if we're having an event we want you to make sure you attend it with us so you guys have a great day we'll be back soon and talk to you then